Chapter 5 Whispers and Wind Lewis sat again at his desk, clacking away at the keyboard. It had been a whole month since the incident at the Spire factory, and he had continued pouring all of his emotions into the Reckoning Chronicles. The episodes had come a long way, especially with David and Sarah's help, and he wondered if he really should take his friend's advice and actually put them out there. There's still so much going on, though, beyond the creative process and adjusting to the new abilities that the Peak Project provided the month itself had been an adjustment. According to Lewis's parents, the CIA had been working tirelessly to figure out why Tomber had attempted to release the Peak Project into the air, only to consistently come up empty. And almost no one besides the neighborhood the factory resided in had heard or even seen the event, so it was kept under wraps as much as possible, as was the secret that was apparently Lewis and Sarah's family's trade. As families, their bonds were stronger than ever, after the initial shock had worn off, of course. But how Stan was adjusting, nobody knew. He hardly contacted their group anymore, and Lewis wondered what his friend had been up to. But most of all, he worried about Sarah. While she definitely was mentally stable, she was clearly still saddened. Of course she is. I would be more worried if she wasn't upset, after all. I wonder if maybe we should all get together and do something out of the ordinary, beyond just editing this stuff. It's almost finished, and might be a welcome change. Saving the newest files, Lewis headed over into David's room, who he found to also be working on his computer. Sounds emanated from the speakers as he manipulated the myriad of tones. David saw Lewis and nodded him in. Hey bro, how's those last few files I sent you? Do you like the way that the music I put in flowed with the story of the Reckoning Chronicles, okay? Yeah, no man, they're great. So when are you going to put them out there? I don't know, man. You gotta give me at least a couple more days, I think. I didn't want to talk about that right now, anyway. I wanted to know if you wanted to go somewhere. Yeah, man, you know I'm always down for something like that. You gonna call up Sarah? Yeah, she's next. I'll call Stan, too, but something tells me it's gonna go to voicemail, like it's been doing. But I'm pretty sure Sarah will come with us. With you, you mean? I don't know, man. She still needs time, I think, to process everything. Didn't you tell me that you guys could, like, read each other's minds or something super freaky like that? So, shouldn't you already know what she wants and what she's thinking and what she's processing? <laughs> well, I mean, it's not that simple. I can't hear everything, but what I have heard has just made it more complicated, not less. Mm, sounds like you're the one that needs time. To do what? To grow a pair, man. David lightly jabbed Lewis in the arm, grinning from ear to ear as he walked downstairs. Oh, man, not cool. The lights of the arcade flashed as sounds filled the three friends' ears. David walked back to the table where Sarah and Lewis sat, burger and fries on the tray. So far, Sarah had crushed the guys in every game they had challenged her in, and the break was a way of licking their wounds. But for Sarah, it was a victory meal. She laughed as Lewis shook his head, incredulously counting her tickets. David chuckled to himself as he sat down. <laughs> I'll never understand how you managed to do that. Every single game, even the rigged ones, and you destroyed them. After swallowing a handful of fries, David continued. We all have the same dexterity and intelligence, but Lewis and I, we just can't get the timing right. Well, David, you're just not thinking enough, but Mr. Deep Thinker over here thinks harder than anyone in the room. She poked at Lewis, but her eyes grew softer. 
Sometimes you just gotta go for it. She's got a point, bro. I do that all the time. Yeah, sure. Someday I'll get the hang of it. Speaking of going for it, Sarah, I've been trying to get Lewis to get those Reckoning Chronicles out in the open. We already agreed to help him with the atmosphere and the music and you with the editing, so I don't know what the holdup is. You're really going to use this time of hanging out to gang up on me on this? No, David's got a point. I don't know why you hesitated. The story is really great, and the music and sound effects that David put in there really sets the tone, and with my editing, you've got all the details you need. So what are you waiting for? The fight scenes. Honestly, the fight scenes are what's bothering me. For real? The fight scenes? Yeah, I just... It just doesn't feel accurate, doesn't feel real. I mean, when David and I used to spar with Dad, I mean, that felt pretty cool and pretty real, but it's not a real-world application thing. I don't know. Something's missing still. Well, whatever it is, bro, we're going to figure it out. I think you just got to launch it. Once you go for it, you can figure out the rest. Everything else is already in place. I mean, you have a reason that you're writing this, right? Do you even know what that reason is? Yeah, I mean, I know the reason. I just... I don't want to talk about it right now. I'll think about launching it, give me a couple more days, and we'll put it out there. I promise. But right now, I'm more interested in showing Sarah how I let her win at all those games. You did not let me win! Sarah rose from the bench with her hands in the air. We are putting that theory to rest right now. The metal clanged loudly as the drawer of Gene Tomber's desk slammed shut. The CIA didn't seem to have need of these documents, or else they would have taken them when they first arrived. But it was best to cover all the bases and leave them as Stan had found them. It hadn't taken long to pour over the diagrams and formulas. Stan had, indeed, been assigned to a part of the Peak Project, though it would have been difficult for an average mind to put together. But there still wasn't enough information to make sense of it. The peak formula seemed almost designed to kill, not enhance. He sank into the dust-covered chair, hands pressed against his head, and Stan's half of the work that he remembered doing only had a couple pieces in common with Tomber's. So where? Satisfied! Stan lifted his head slowly. Clearly you knew that I wouldn't be. What else do you know? Nothing yet. The hooded figure approached closer. At least, not enough. But if we worked together, maybe that would be a different story. I don't need your help. I could just go to the government and confront them with the answers that I have. He stood from the chair, facing the intruder. They'll deny for a second or two, but then they'll be impressed at my knowledge and initiative and give me the answers that I need. Stan leaned closer, careful to keep enough distance so a drawn sword wouldn't reach on first effort. Especially if I told them about you. You wouldn't get that far. If you think they're going to give you a medal and a job, maybe you aren't worth investing in after all. Even if they found you useful, that's all they do. Use you. And then they'd toss you away if you didn't come crawling back here first. Yeah, 
We'll see. Stan held the raid's gaze for a moment, standing his ground as the other warped away in blackness. Drawing his cell phone out of his pocket, he activated the voice command feature. Call Louis Salire. I don't know how to say this. He looked tentatively around the loft where his friend sat facing him. It had taken David, Sarah, and Louis half an hour to get to Stan's house from the arcade. As soon as they had arrived, Stan had sat them down. It's all right, Stan. Whatever it is, you can tell us. I... I went to Spire today. You mean their main headquarters? I thought they gave you the money already. You won't have to see them ever again after what they paid you in damages, and I didn't think you'd want to, man. No, Stan shook his head. You don't understand. I went to the old factory. The one we were inside. His compatriots were silent, and Stan took out his phone, showing them the photos of the documents. These were inside Gene Tomber's desk. They're written records of Spire's deal with the CIA. I didn't think companies kept records on paper anymore, David said as he swiped through the pictures. It was part of their policy to keep hard copies of pretty much everything in case there was a virus or the computers failed. The last picture has the information I was looking for. Information I imagine all of us need to see. This is what you've been doing? Going to the factory and gathering intel? Yes. Stan's answer was matter-of-fact, unabashed. I don't mind the Peak Project in theory. I've never felt in better health or shape, and my mind is able to focus more sharply, which is saying something. But I had a feeling that the government wasn't telling us the whole story. Well, you were right. Sarah handed the phone back to Stan, pointing at the final document photo. This whole page is talking about continuing the trials for the Peak Project, even after the CIA shut down the whole op. Right, but that's not the most concerning part. This is from the CIA, not Spire, and the formulas that Tomber was working on don't add up. The Peak Project wasn't meant to enhance, it was meant to kill. That doesn't make any sense. We're not dead. Well, it was deadly for everyone else that was in there, and for us, if we hadn't taken the antidote. But why would the CIA sign up for something that was an enhancement project if they knew it was designed to kill? They must not know. Especially if they're planning on continuing the project. I'll call Aunt Isabel. She and Uncle Mark can give us access to talk to Jameson. The soft hum of the road filled the silence of the car for most of the ride to the green site that Stan, Sarah, David, and Lewis had gone to before. They had sat like that for several minutes before Stan finally cleared his throat. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to ruin your night. <laughs> Bro, you didn't ruin it at all. We invited you to hang out with us earlier today. You just showed up a little late. That's all. You know we're here for you. Stan smiled then. It's nice being back with you guys. I'm sorry I made myself unavailable. This thing has just eaten at me, and I, it's like I can't focus on anything else. If you need to focus on something else, bro, you can always be a part of the Reckoning Chronicles. Yeah, man. If you want in on it, you can help provide the scientific accuracy. We're all pretty smart, but your intelligence is exceptional. Exceptional is an understatement. I appreciate the offer. Let's talk about it after we finish this nonsense. In half a mile, turn left. 
Actually, Mr. Bowler, that won't be necessary. Jameson, did you really just hijack my radio? Yes, I thought it would save us both some time. You see, what you've discovered doesn't truly matter. What does that mean? Don't tell me you knew about this the whole time. Not at all. As a matter of fact, the document discovered wasn't from our offices. There's no record of it in our database. The CIA never intended to continue studies for the Peak Project. And all of the formulas that you say are attributed to the Peak Project aren't attributed to anything in our records at all. We don't know where it came from, and we intend to find out. But it wasn't from us. And even if it was, it's time for you four to drop it. What? I'd give you really credible, really important information, and all you can say is, thanks, not a big deal, see you later? It's just the way it has to be. You don't need to be involved, you don't need to know anything. It's better for everyone if you let us do our jobs more than you know. I'm so tired of being kept in the dark. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, and I've listened to plenty of stupid people. I came to offer you help, and you just shut it down immediately? And for what? For trying to help you clean up your mess? Forget this. Stan, come on, man. This whole thing has really gotten Stan bent out of shape, but I didn't think he'd take it this badly. I've got another offer on the table. One that wants to use my talents. Ones that, you know, don't think they can weaponize DNA and do shady business deals with companies they've suspected of terrorism in the name of freedom. All the more reason to move on. Just one more thing, Mr. Polar. You obviously got this from the factory. Did you see anyone else in the facility when you went inside on your excursions? No. Stan turned off the radio and made a U-turn back home. Stan arrived back at the abandoned factory. He had dropped his friends off at their car, but wouldn't say goodbye despite everyone's pleading. I'm sorry, Stan had said. I just can't stay here anymore. I need to move on from everything. Even us, bro? For now, yeah. Stan shook his head as he remembered. He didn't want it to be that way. He didn't feel like leaving his friends that he had known for years. He slammed the car door shut the files he had read still flashing through his head. How did the CIA not send those documents? Where did they actually come from, then? Finding his way inside the factory once more, Stan sat quietly at Tomber's desk, running his hand over the cracked wood, breathing in the smell of chemicals and plaster. After a few minutes, Stan decided he had waited long enough. Maybe he could move past this. Yeah. I could help Lewis, David, and Sarah with their story. I mean... Our friendship had weathered through this catastrophe, so why couldn't it be strengthened by it instead? Yeah, maybe I... Hmm, never mind, I guess. I was wondering when you'd show up. Stan turned to see the hooded figure he had encountered many times before. The feeling is mutual. You changed your mind, did you? I still want the truth. But you're the only person who seems to be willing to give it to me. Stan shifted his weight nervously, but still met the other's eyes with resolve. And you will have it. I will tell you everything I know. But if 
you want to do something about the truth, you can come with me. The cloaked conversationalist teleported behind Stan, who spun around and caught the incoming glow to the surprise of both parties. But he did fail to block the second faster strike. Oh, I can teach you to master your advancements, to be a force to be reckoned with. We can carry out our revenge together. Stan tasted the blood on his lip and got up slowly. Is knowing really not enough? For some, but for people like you and me, no. It's never enough. Slowly, the young man found himself nodding. Before we go, I have one more question. What is your name? My name is Sky Dumber. Sky put his hand upon Stan's shoulder. But you can call me. You will call me. Whisper. Under Whisper's power, the two warped away, leaving Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or the series in general, please rate us, follow us, and share it with someone you think will also enjoy it. Until then, we'll see you in two weeks for the next chapter.